presence of the Lord today. Amen. Be seated, please. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank God for what he's doing in our midst today. God's not through. He's got a lot more for us today. And I don't want us to miss anything that the Lord has for us. I told you earlier when we come to the close of this service today at the altar time, I'm going to invite everybody here to come forward. Be thinking about what you want God to do for you. If you don't want God to do anything for you, you don't have to come and ask for anything. But if you do, I'm going to recommend you make your plans to get to this altar in faith. I'm going to tell you some things today that I believe will stir your faith if you believe. Your faith is based on believing. So you have to believe for your faith to be enacted and for it to be real, for it to be strong. I debated for some time about finding a scripture to go with my message that I, I titled it before I got the message and before I had the scriptures because I knew what I, what I wanted to preach about today. And I want to talk to you today about miracles. I came and titled this sermon finally after I thought it through that I called Dismissing Your Miracle. So it can say that you're dismissing your miracle. Once you've had it, you forgot it, you let it become routine and fade away, and it could just be missing your miracle because you take a path or a course of unbelief, failure to expect from God, and don't ever receive that miracle. I'm going to tell you today about miracles that God has done in our midst. Maybe that would have been a better title, Miracles in Our Midst. Because we have numbers of things that God has done here in a mighty and a powerful way. And I want to share some of them with you. It's not all of them, but I want to share some of them with you. And kind of an eclectic gathering of, of, of different kinds, different categories of the ways that God has moved. And the lives that God's touched and changed and given miracles. So, the scripture, I, I thought about John 11, where the description of Lazarus being called forth from the grave is given. I thought about uh, Acts, which is appropriate, I think, for what we're talking about today. The book of Acts where Peter and John went into the temple and the, and the lame man was healed as they walked through. He got up and he began to run and walk and leap. This man who had never walked before. And there was a great commotion that came about because of that miracle. It stirred up the people. 5,000 people, not that doesn't count women and children, 5,000 people on that day were saved, came to Jesus. The church gathered them into the body. So there were many, many people in Jerusalem who, who were totally convinced of the reality of Jesus of Nazareth, that although he had died on the cross, he had also risen from the dead, and he was enthroned in power because they saw the miracles happening. So, there was a great upstir among the leaders of the church. It wasn't the church at that time. It was the synagogue and the Jewish religion. But the religious leaders got all stirred up. They held a council meeting, and they said, we got to, they said we've got to do something to stop these preachers. We've got to shut them up because everybody's turning to them. Everybody's believing them. And they're preaching this man, Jesus, that we crucified, rose from the dead. And people are believing it. 
in silence and they called them before the council and they said, you have to be quiet. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to punish you if you aren't quiet. They said, well, whether it be right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you'll have to judge that. But we cannot but do the things that God has told us to do. We have to do the things that we have seen and heard. That's declaring the miracles of Jesus who has risen from the dead. So they wanted to punish them. They wanted to throw them in jail. Truth be known, they wanted to execute them. But there was a reason he couldn't do it. And the reason was, it's described in John, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 4, verse 14. The book of Acts chapter 4, verse 14. The one verse says, and all this that I just described to you was happening. The one verse says, but since they could see the man, all the people gathered around could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. The opponents, the opposition, the critics, the judge, to those who were judging wrongfully, could do nothing about the testimony and the preaching of the apostles. Because the man who was healed, the living witness, the proof of the gospel power was standing right there among them. They saw the evidence of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. And they could say nothing against it. Because the proof was there contradicting any negative thing they were saying. Am I a little bit too loud in this? Can I tone this down just another tidy notch or so maybe? Uh, I'm, I'm, I might be hurting your ears a little bit. Okay, now, because I'm speaking up so I get louder, and when I get louder, then it just gets that. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that's just the way I preach. I can't make any change in that. Don't plan to, so you just get accustomed to it. So here's what happens. God does mighty works. God does miracles. And the world says, well, this thing about Jesus rising from the dead can't be true. Yeah, but you and I have already found something that tells us it is true. We've had a miracle in our lives. Something's happened in us that makes us a different person than what we used to be. We've been transformed. We've had a revolution within. we found out that when we, be, we come to Christ, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And some of us have traveled through that road of needing a miracle. And God has come through and given us that miracle. I'm going to tell you about some of it this morning, this past Tuesday morning. We're in prayer at a great, powerful prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. 28 people were there this week. That fills up our room. We have to bring a few extra chairs, but that's okay. We'll keep bringing them in and have extra rows if people keep coming. But people keep coming because God is moving. So Patrick Watson was at a doctor's appointment Tuesday morning. We got a text saying the doctors had told him, that he was cancer-free. A few minutes later, he showed up at the door and looked in through the door and said, I'm cancer-free. Now, now, he had had cancer for quite some time, several years. They had treated it three times. He's just coming back in the door. He's helping Melody's mother out there. That's Patrick right there walking. That's not his walker. He just used it. <laughs> And, and this time the doctor told him, you're cancer-free, and took his hands and prayed with him. Listen, folks, God is moving. And God is able, listen, 
I'm going to say this probably again and again today. Anything God has ever done, He can do again. He's not limited to what He has done. God still has a great plan for us in the future and for today. A little over a year ago, we got a call at the church from Evelyn Norris, one of our longtime members and friends of this church. And she asked that we pray for her daughter, Lisa, in her pregnancy when she was expecting a baby boy. And this is, this is somewhat complicated, so I'm going to read it and read the highlights, and then later on we'll print it for you to read the details. But they went for a doctor's appointment, and they did a 3D sonogram. And then they scanned it, and they, 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 they scanned again. And then the technician said that they needed to see the doctor. So the doctor came in after looking at it, saw the scan, and they uh, began questioning Lisa. And, uh, and, and, and so they told her that what they had found was that the baby's bones were short. His long bones that were supposed to be long were short. He was sent to ROC and testing twice every week until his birth. And the news got worse and worse. But all that time, that prayer meeting that I would talk to you about on Tuesday morning was praying. I'm in there every Tuesday. And I know, I saw it on the prayer list. And I heard Patsy leading in prayer. And I heard others joining. We prayed for Lisa and that baby. Because when we heard the diagnosis, we knew the only answer was prayer. So we sought God and we prayed. And as, as time progressed, they found out the little Mateo had a chromosome deletion that caused TAR syndrome, which means your hands aren't in the right place. And, and other things happened that, that are dis, disturbing. And, and also, he had a very low platelet count, which could cause spontaneous organ bleed and death. I know I've had low platelet counts with leukemia. So that's, a, that's a, almost a death sentence for a baby in itself. He had skeletal dysplasia and, and possible dwarfism. All of these things were brought to our prayer meeting. His chest was too small, and he'd be stillborn if his chest didn't grow and able to expand. So that had to be a miracle. He'd be disproportionate with long torso and short arms and legs. So they were told that a blood flow issue would possibly cause him to be stillborn. So all of this thing they were facing. And so then on February 19th, now I want to tell you, all of this time, and everybody in that prayer meeting, and many of them are here right now, will tell you that week by week we prayed for that baby. And we prayed for Lisa, did we not? Week by week, yeah, you remember. We prayed. And then on March, wow. <laughs> the baby was due in March, and, and, and Mateo was delivered on February 9th, 2017 by C-section. That's, that's barely over one year ago. Today's what, February 18th? February 9th, last year, the he was born, and he just had his first birthday, uh, of course, just a few days ago. I saw him just within those days of, of time. Looked at me from his little, whatever they call that thing they carry him in. I forgot what they call him. But anyway, from that little baby holder, he looked up with a big smile on his face. And every time you get close to him, or at least every time I get close to him, maybe he knows down inside that I'm led prayer, Patsy led prayer, and we pray for him. I don't know, but... I seem to get a smile when I get close. And, and, and uh, so he's delivered by a C-section, and he weighed 4 pounds, 11 ounces. And 
those things that were predicted happened. He, he, was, he, he has issues ongoing, but checking up. I don't know of any babies that don't have to keep checking up, so they keep checking. I want them to keep checking up. I want to keep and I know they will keep checking regularly because I want to hear back. I want to hear back the good news that it gets better and better. Is, I know I know Lisa and Evelyn are here today. Is Mateo here? You probably got him in the nursery, right? Oh, you got him right there. Stand up and show him. Stand up and show him, Lisa. There he is, right there. <laughs> Woo! Glory, Hallelujah! Glory, Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! Glory to God! <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you for showing him to us a testimony. Does God answer prayer today? Does God still do miracles today? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And there's no limit on what he does. Glory to God. Speaking of babies, we have a miracle baby in our church. A baby that was not even supposed to be born. A baby whose mother was told she couldn't get pregnant, she couldn't have children after a serious miscarriage, and she was never able to have children. The doctors pronounced it, so it had to be true, right? But along the way, something happened, and she found out she was pregnant. Then they said, you probably won't carry this baby to term. So they're very careful with her all the way through. And then, after all of that, little Raylan, Yarborough was born. Randy and Sarah, the parents. Stand up back there, Randy. And Sarah somewhere. I saw you there. She, here she is, right. That's Raylene right there. Coming down the center aisle. That's her right there. That's our miracle baby. That's our miracle. She's not supposed to be here. She's not supposed to be here. She's not supposed to exist. So I've told them over and over and over, over the years. Now she's four years old now. I told them over the years, we know this is our miracle baby at First Assembly. And now we got another one. We got Raylan and we got Mateo. Glory to God. God bless you. Dear. Thank you, Sarah. Praise God. I'll tell you, I'm so glad that God's power is unlimited. You know, Phil Smith had a real, had a, had a I'm going to let you see this. I'm going to let you see this on a video. Takes about a, just about quite two minutes to show you this video. It's about Phil having a tumor on his pituitary gland. They weren't sure, first of all, that it was malignant or not. Then they found it was not actually malignant, but it was something that could cause a real problem. Your pituitary gland is a very small gland, but it's a very seriously needed gland. There's some things in your body you don't have to have to do very well with. They tell me you can do without an appendix, you can do without one of your kidneys. Maybe not the optimum, but you can. But your pituitary gland goes awry or something happens with that or it bursts. And you've got major issues in your life. So so here's, here's this video testimony that I want you to see right now.
Jacksonville. They sent me to check on a patient. 
I was rear-ended her car. Somebody rear-ended her car in an accident and received neck and back injuries. I was treated for two years for my injuries and took three years for the case to be resolved. We were told to expect around $7,000. Now, that's what they were expecting that they had never been able to get. Then when the words of prophecy were spoken, within days, they didn't get $7,000 settlement. They got $11,000 settlement. After the settlement, I'm reading again, my lawyer asked me if I had talked to my workers' cop lawyer. I told him I didn't know I should get one. He said I should get one right away. So I did, and about six months later, workmen's comp settled for $10,000 in addition to the first eleven. Now, what was so great was Eddie and I had been under financial stress and needed to pay off some debt that was hanging over us. The buddy took care of it and left us some for Rico's college. God is so good. Amen. God is good. So, you see, everything isn't about physical healing. There are a lot of things God does in answer to prayer. You know, if you need money, God's got all the money you need. God's not poor. He's rich. And I know you're saying, well, how can I get hold of some of that, Pastor? And I'm saying to you, walk faithfully with God. Serve God. Obey Him. Live for Him. And God will send good things into your life. Take that as another prophecy if you want to. But that's a fact because God's Word says it is. About that time, and when I was giving those words of prophecy, I said things that I didn't really remember. And I did not remember saying this until Amy Gruen came back and reminded me of it. Shortly after that, within days of that time, she was on her way to a job and had a little bit of time to spare and stopped and went into a second-hand shop, antique shop, something like that. And when she walked in, she saw a painting that she liked. And she thought it was pretty, so she, how much did you pay for that, Amy? $47? Okay, she paid, might as well say $50. Give another penny. Okay, so she paid $50 for this painting. Now, that's it right there. It looked like a $50 painting. Some of you wouldn't give $10 for it. But Amy liked it, and she bought it. She, that's all she knew. It. She liked it. That's all she knew. And then she decided to have it appraised. It's a Thomas Kincaid original. It's worth, what now, about $8,000? haven't checked lately, but the last time you checked, it was about $7,000 or $8,000 it was appraised for. Now, $50 up to seven dollars or $8,000. And then she told me, Pastor, you said on that Sunday morning that God may bless you with something like a work of art. I didn't remember saying that. But I went back and listened to myself on the recording, and I did say that. I just wanted to prove it to myself, you know. <laughs> so so there it is. There's a, on the back of there, if you want to check it out, the back of it, there's a certificate of authenticity taped to the back of the frame. You can come up and check it out. A Thomas Kincaid original worth, worth much, much more than she paid for it. Now, she didn't know that she wasn't defrauding the people. She didn't know what it was worth when she bought it. Had no idea. She wasn't even sure it was worth $50. She just wanted it because she liked it. And then it turned out that God, as God so often does, just decided to pour out his blessing and lead her to the right thing, the right place, at the right time. And she was the one who got it, the child of God, got blessed because the man of God gave the prophecy of God's word. 
And God does great things. Hallelujah. So Melody Rios had a had a insurance settlement that she'd been waiting on for years. That happened. And not only that, after that, she had breast cancer. All of you know that. She kept coming here while she had breast cancer. She came. She came with her hair was gone. She came with the wig. She came with everything and didn't care. She just came here to keep glorifying God. Let God who sang the whole time it was going on. And God kept helping her get better and better and better. And I prayed for her every single day that she was going through that. And I would tell her, Melody, I'm praying for you every day. Because when they first got the diagnosis, the first time the doctor told her the same day, they left the doctor's office when she got that diagnosis. I'm going to tell you why God blesses and why God moves and why God helps people. When they left the doctor's office, the first place they did, first thing they did was they came to the church to find me. And right out there in that parking lot, right just about where we just recently did some painting, standing right out there in that parking lot, Melody told me the diagnosis. And I joined the hands with him right there in the yard and prayed for God to touch her and heal her and to bring her through to victory. And I promised her that day, I said, I promise you, and I don't make these promises lightly, and I didn't make it lightly to her. I promise you, Melody, until you're through this, till you're over this, till you have the complete victory, I will pray for you every day. And I kept that promise, not because it's on me. I'm not, that isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying that if we, I, I'm just simply saying that God helped me to be a part of that, and I praise God for it. The only part I have of that victory is that I prayed God did all the work, but he brought her through a complete victory. Today she's cancer-free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And God moves in so many different ways, you know. He just moves in so many different ways. Jakey Carmichael. Uh, all of you know Jakey, don't you? Where's, where are you? There he is. Man. Stand up, Jakey. Just let everybody see you. One of my beloved brothers. Precious loving brothers. That's Jakey. All right. So he's working for hospice down in Palatka wasn't happy there, and then they decided they weren't happy. They downsized him, and they let him go. You know, they didn't, They weren't looking for too many righteous people on the staff there, whether you were chaplain or not, and he was a chaplain. And, and so I knew a, a, I knew a person, the head of the Northeast Hospice. I don't know the correct name of it, but I've known him for years. And I called him about Jake, and they, they contacted him, and things went on. But, but they wanted Jake because they saw his value. But they couldn't hire him because of the a regulation that the state of Florida has about some certificate that he didn't have. He, they wanted him to earn it, but it, it takes some time for him to earn it. Well, he couldn't stay out of work two years while he earned that certificate. He's got all kinds of degrees now, a lot of education. Didn't have that specific thing that they wanted. Sometimes they just get sicky like that, you know, and didn't have it. And so then he got news. After a period of time, we kept praying. We kept praying. God to open doors. God to give him the place he's supposed to have. God to give him the job. We prayed regularly and faithfully about it. And I talked and said, what's going on? And then one day he came to me and said he got a call from a woman at, at, at hospice, the one up here, the, the good one, I call it, the godly one. Got a call from hospice, and they said, "She said, well, we can't. We still got that regulation, but we're opening up a new area of hospice, and we want you because they knew his value. They saw the, the value he would bring. We want you, and so we've created another. Uh, we've got another title that doesn't require that certificate, and we decided that we can hire you under that title, and then you can earn a certificate later on as you go." 
God created a job for him. God made a job, created a job for him. When they didn't have one, God created a job. <laughs> you know, you may look at that as just a light thing, but I guarantee you, Jake, you doesn't look at it that way. And I don't either. I see that as a miracle provision of God. I see that as God filling up the cruise with oil that the widow put out. I see that as God answering prayer after Elijah had him make a little cake for him first. And then the barrel never went empty and the cruise of oil never dissipated. I see that as God's great provision. Because God, if there isn't a job ready and available for you, God can create a job for you. Hallelujah. He's got a place where he needs you and he's going to use you no matter what obstacles the enemy puts up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep on with this. Is that okay? I, I, I got more today than I can tell you. I'm going to tell you two more things just so you know that you count. I'm not saying how long it'll each one take for each one, but I'm going to tell you two more things. Just bear with me now. So, so in that time of prophecy, I made a statement somewhere along the line that August of 2014 was going to be, uh, August of 2015 was going to be a miracle month. And David Rebar had a son in Pennsylvania who was being diagnosed for issues that he had, stomach issues that he had. And in that diagnosis, they found a significant mass on his intestines, his stomach. So they, they, uh, he went through an MRI, and the MRI showed the mass there. And they were going to deal with that mass with a biopsy and surgery if they had to, but according to the biopsy, they didn't know yet if it was malignant or not. And this happened later July, so David said, let's change it to get it, that done in August. Because he believed what I said. August was going to be a month of miracles. So he said, let's get that changed to August. But they said, no, no, we can't change it. Well, then it happened that the doctor went on vacation, something happened, and it came up to be done in August anyway. So on August the 6th, August the 6th is a great, powerful day for me in my life. I just sometimes, I tell about that often, not now. So, so on August the 6th, they were going to go do the biopsy. And David made the statement to his family up there, and they said, they're not going to find anything. They said, David, you're crazy. What are you talking about? We've got the MRI. We've seen it. It's a five-centimeter mass on his intestine. We know it's there. All we do is try to now find out if it's malignant or not. We're doing a biopsy. He said, it's not going to be there. So they went in to do the biopsy, and guess what? They couldn't find one single thing there except the intestine that was supposed to be there. They were, so, they were so amazed about it, they put a little, according to his son, they, told him, they put a little tattoo mark on his intestine. So if they ever had to go back and check for it again, they'd remember where it was. So he didn't have his, it's not, his intestine is not just exactly like it was. It's got a little tattoo mark on it. And that little tattoo mark says, God was here. <laughs> God was here, right here on the inside. God's already been here before you get back. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Now I'm going to tell you one of the greatest things. This is one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen in all my many years of being around Pentecost. This is one, one of, if not the greatest, is one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. I want you to listen carefully to this. Cheryl Cross sitting right there. 
in the choir this morning. Wave, Cheryl. We know everybody knows you. That's Cheryl. She's been here since back in the old church. She and Larry walked in one Sunday morning. They said when they walked in, they sat down. They just knew the Lord told them this. They were looking for a church, trying to find a place to go to worship God. They sat down that morning. God said to them, this is your place. They told me that morning, Pastor, the Lord told us this is where we're supposed to be. I didn't know them. I just saw them for the first time I'd ever seen And they told me God had told them this is their place. Well, I said, praise the Lord. There was another couple there that morning that said the same thing. They faded away in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but Larry and Cheryl are still here. This is what happens to people who plant themselves where God tells them to be. Okay, so Cheryl had a tumor, brain tumor growing. It was not malignant, but it was continuing to grow. And it affected the motor skills. It was a part of the brain that affected the motor skills. And as it continued to grow, the doctor that she was going to at Mayo Clinic said, you really need to have that removed. Well, that's not a simple thing to have a brain surgery, have a tumor removed. But she agreed, finally, that it needed to be done. So she went to have that done. And I was there when the surgery took place. And afterwards, the doctor said, it's, uh, it's perfect. We got every little tentacle of that tumor everywhere. We just, it, I, it's a great job. He was so happy and elated with it. And we all were. Well, thank God. Cheryl came through this. She's fine. A little bit of healing. She'll be okay. Just be back to normal. And I guess it was a week or so later, I called her one day on the phone. I hadn't heard anymore. I, just, I called her. I spoke to her on the phone. And, and when I said, this is Pastor, she said, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not mimicking now. I'm trying to say this just for you to know what was going on. She said, hello, Pastor, I'm glad to hear from you today. I thought, whoa, what is going on? I thought she was well. I was called to congratulate her on how everything was going. I was shocked. I will tell you honestly, I, I didn't know what to say for a few seconds. I was kind of floored by it. And I kept on trying to have a conversation with her. Her mind would work faster than her voice. And, 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 and it, was, it was hard to do that. that this went on. On and on. And about six weeks later, they went back to Mayo Clinic, and Larry was telling me just this week that the doctor who had done the surgery, who said it was such a great job, was, was, was surprised at the after effects that she was having, not over it. And it was, it was really, really bad. And it was every day, constantly. That's what it was. And so Sunday morning, one Sunday when she kept coming to church. I, I think she was here every Sunday that whole time. But that was in November of 2014. And on the 14th of November, 16th of November, 16th of November, 2014, they came to church. We were having a service that day, of course. And were you sitting right over there? Is that where you were sitting? Right in that little angle section right there. Over there in the blessed section where y'all are sitting. Where the great, where the glory falls over there where you're sitting. She was right over there. And we were singing this song. It's healing in your glory. I want to have you just to hear a little bit. I want you to be familiar with this song. This is, this is just real quickly the way it goes. They're just going to sing just a few words, just one little, actually one little sentence out of the song so that you'll know what we're talking about. Be familiar with it. And I know you've heard it before. Go ahead and sing that if you can. We don't need much of it. Just to, There's healing in your glory. She's standing right there now, trying to sing this song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't keep up with it.